0: The world of Islam, culture, religion, and politics. Welcome to the World of Islam podcast. My name is Amin Tais. In today's episode, I would like to spend a little time on the non-Muslims of early Islamic times, particularly after the Arab conquests and the establishment of empires that will slowly use a developing Islamic language and identity to organize and maintain their rule on the conquered areas. The Near Eastern non-Muslims were certainly the majority of the population for many decades, and in many cases for centuries. They were organized into religious communities But it would be a mistake at least early on to view these communities as completely defined and strictly bound within sharp boundaries. These communities were still interacting and sharing the Near Eastern traditions both at the level of scholarship and, more importantly, at the popular level. For the time being, we can also say that Arabic Muslim sources are not very interested in other communities except in terms that serve their own purposes of building an Islamic identity to be grounded in a past that is presented and painted with brushes of cohesiveness and completeness in terms of identity formation for the Muslim community. One has to say that the Islamic identities surely took much longer to develop. And importantly, they developed in conversation with non-Muslim communities, particularly Jewish, Christian, and Zoroastrian. For the last one, Zoroastrians, we must note that we need much more research to understand that front. On the Christian side, we saw how Christian scholars of early Islamic times were instrumental in the translation of the texts of the major greek philosophers into arabic and we saw how they were important in administration and we saw how important debates in islamic theology mirrored christian theological debates for instance the famous debates on the nature of the quran and the way in which it was divine mirrored the christian discussions over the divinity of Jesus, more on the Christian side in the next episode. on the Jewish side, we must start by stressing that Jews seem to have regained a better status as a community with the advent of the Islamic Empire. Jewish experiences were again united. Jewish communities were not any anymore part of two adversarial and competing empires the Byzantine, and the Sasanian, Jewish communities were now living under the rule of one empire. While it's absolutely true that Jews and Christians would be treated as Vimmi communities, meaning communities that were under the rule and protection of the Muslim rulers as long as they paid a tribute, a poll tax called Jizya, and while it's true that in a number of ways, they will increasingly be treated as second-class members of the larger society, being, for example, required to dress in recognizable ways in some settings, Jews and Christians were generally allowed to practice their religions and to live according to their own community laws. This process was long and uneven, and things were different from one local context to another, But generally, Jewish communities seem to have benefited from the transition to Muslim rule. Jewish scholarship flourished and benefited from the freer contact between the Jewish traditions of the Levant and those of Iraq, with important academies or yeshuvat thriving, two in Iraq and one in Palestine. Jewish scholarship also benefited from the interaction with the growing Islamic scholarship the rabbinical heads of the iraqi talmudic yeshivot had the title geon plural geonim and they played an important role in this connection for example one of the most influential of the geonim was saadia ben joseph who died in 942 and who reorganized Jewish scholarship in ways reminiscent of what was happening in Islamic scholarship. So, internal debates and external contact both shaped the world of Judaism in important ways. It's hard to know all the different ways that this played out, but what we could see is that debates on the validity of the oral Torah as a second form of divine revelation that clarifies the written Torah, continued in the early Islamic period, and interestingly, was similar to the Islamic debates that would arise concerning the Hadith as carrying the Sunnah of the Prophet, and which the Sunnis would ultimately consider a second form of revelation that explicates and clarifies the first form of revelation, that is, the Qur'an. We could also see that Jewish messianism in Iraq and Iran matched apocalyptic perspectives among Muslims and Christians. I'm talking here about the perception of the turbulent end times. We have many instances of this phenomenon. One striking example is a figure named Abu Isa al-Asfahani, Abu Isa of Esfahan in Iran, whose teachings were a mix of elements seeking to attract both Muslim and Jewish messianic expectations. The impact of this movement and similar ones was not only immediate on groups that would be called by their opponents Shi'i ghulat or Shi'i extremists. The impact was also long term. We therefore find prominent the idea of the Mahdi, a messianic figure, that brings victory and peace for the community at the end of times. This would become part of both Sunni and Shia eschatology. Although the doctrines on who the Mahdi is and what he represents differ, the conception of the Mahdi is more accentuated in Shi'ism as we have seen previously. Another important point is the rather neutral and perhaps sometimes positive position of the earliest Muslim sources on jewish knowledge which seemed to be used in islamic context without much of a problem this makes sense given that the religious identities were still fluid but as time passes and identities become more clearly defined often in differentiation from or in opposition to other identities we see that muslim sources become more negative toward jewish lore And the generic term Isra'i gains a negative connotation so that it becomes problematic to use them. Although, we also have to note that by this time, it is very likely that some Jewish lore was already integrated into Hadith reports attributed to Muhammad and therefore given legitimacy with the success of the Hadith movement as we discussed earlier. In addition, Jewish lore and knowledge left strong traces on the tafsir or commentaries of the Qur'an. In the next episode, we will continue discussing the topic of non-Muslims in the early Islamic period with a focus on Christian communities and on Christianity. I thank you for listening. I leave you in peace. Assalamu alaikum.